Father, we thank you. This evening, we've heard our prayer, heard our worship. Words of man have no power. It's only your words which are spirit and life and you alone possess the words of life. Lord, have mercy this evening. Forgive us if we have trifled with your holiness, with your truth. If you have taken lightly your presence, if you have taken lightly your gathering, the gathering together, Father, forgive us. And even as we meditate upon your word this evening, you empower us to obey. You anoint us to hear. You anoint me to speak. That all of us will have a willing mind and obedient heart. A mind that is open to your truth. Which is open to correction. Which is open to exhortation. Which is open to rebuke. Which is open to discipline. Father, have mercy. Grant us grace this evening to obey your word. Thank you, Father. Come at each one of us into your hands. Come at this word into your hands. You animate me. Speak to us. Father, we request you humbly. Pray, Father, for Pastor James and Sister Elsa. Come at them into your hands as well. Be with them. In Jesus' name. Amen. In continuing with our meditation um, on evil, Second Timothy chapter 3 will say that evil men and impostors will grow wicked and wicked, more and more evil even as the days progress. They are called evil men and impostors. Other translations will say, evil men and seducers will wax wicked and wicked, grow wickeder and wickeder even as the days progress. But uh, that's what uh, the writer of Revelation would say. John says in the book of Revelation, he who is unrighteous, let him be unrighteous still. But he who is righteous, let him continue to be righteous. And that is something which we need to uh, constantly keep reminding ourselves. And this evening, even as we meditate upon the word of God, let's let's try to... Uh, see what we've been studying and try to uh, come to some kind of a consensus as to what God, where God is lead, leading us uh, through his word. I've titled this message, Unbelief the Evil Within. Let's see what God has to speak. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Keep your heart or guard your heart, other translations will say, with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. You don't have to go very far to see evil because as we heard on Sunday, there is an evil with inside of us and when the evil outside resonates with the evil inside, wickedness is produced. Okay, so we we saw that in Matthew chapter 20, 12 verse 35, it says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart, of course, it's um, implied brings forth evil things. 
Similarly, Matthew chapter 15, verse 18 onwards. But those uh, things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. They defile a man, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, etc. These are the things which defile a man and goes on to say that. So we don't have to look outside. There is already even inside of us and that is what we've been uh, studying, continuously, constantly judging our own hearts and dealing with that in our own hearts. He who judges himself will himself not be judged on the day of evil is uh, what the exhortation that has been coming from this pulpit. So the text for today which I want to meditate uh, in this context is um, Hebrews chapter 3 verses 12 to 15. We we'll look at this carefully. Hebrews chapter 3 verses 12 to 15. Let's read on. Beware brothers, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. You see that? The word evil heart coming there. Evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living, living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the day of rebellion. Who said that? While it is said. Today, if you hear his voice. Who said that? Who said is a question. It's a quotation from Psalm 95. I'm not sure who wrote the uh, the psalm, it's a quotation from Psalm 95. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker, for he is our God. And He uh, and we are the sh- uh, people of his pastures and the sheep of his hand today, if you hear his voice. That's how it goes on. It's a quotation from Psalm 95. Whoever the author is, we do not know. Possibly David. Possibly, we do not know because it's not mentioned, at least to the best of my knowledge. If somebody knows who the author is, can let me know. Um, Psalm 95, quotation from Psalm 95 is what the author of Hebrews quotes from. But when he quotes from Psalm 95, this is what he says. Hebrews chapter 8, sorry, 3. This is not chapter 8, chapter 3, verse 7. It is chapter 3, verse 7. Therefore, who said? As the? Ah, who said it? As the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion. Very important. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 will say, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God or God breathed this inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He is the one who wrote it. Who wrote scripture? Peter will say in, uh, if I'm right in Second Peter chapter 1, he will say, uh, no prophecy came through private interpretation, but holy men of God wrote it down as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. It was not by private interpretation, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. The scripture he's talking about, of, of course, is obviously which part of the Bible? The old or the new? All scripture is what? All scripture, uh, but when he's talking to Timothy, which which part of scripture is he referring to? Yes? Few in number, you can respond. He's referring to the Old Testament. So what about new? 
Is it inspired by Holy Spirit? Uh, how do you know? How do you know that he inspired the New Testament? You need to give me a, <laughs> because he said so. Yeah, true. That is, that is interesting that he, because he said so. But let us see a part of scripture which actually reinforces the, 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 our conviction that all scripture, including the old and the new, is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Look at what it says in John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 12 onwards. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Okay. This is Jesus. He, he said what he had to say, but he said, I want to say so many things, but you people cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, when he has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. This is telling the apostles who are going to write most part of scripture, including John and Peter and, and later Apostle Paul. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he, the Holy Spirit, will take of mine and declare it to you. The answer, therefore, who said, both the old and the new, that is what the book of Ephesians will say. In the old, prophets spoke through the Holy Spirit. In the new, the apostles spoke through the Holy Spirit. And Ephesians will say, the church is built upon the foundations of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone and the canon is closed. And therefore we are not going to add anything to scripture, neither are we going to subtract from scripture, but we are going to take what the apostles have spoken and apply it into our daily lives. Every part of scripture is him speaking. So the answer, of course, is the Holy Spirit. The answer. Why is this significant? Why should we be very, very careful about this? In Acts chapter 7, you don't have to turn there, when Stephen is speaking to the Sanhedrin, he gives gives them a long speech. At the end, he tells them, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in hearts and ears, you who resist the who? Ah, you who resist the Holy Spirit. And when they heard that, they closed their ears, they were cut to their heart, and they gnashed with their teeth, and they put him to death. That was the Jewish people. That happens in Acts chapter 7, Acts chapter 8. The gospel goes to the Samaritans. Acts chapter 9, the gospel goes to the Gentiles. Resisting the Holy Spirit. So that is very important. Therefore, when we come and hear the voice of God, it is not any man who is speaking. It is not any man who is speaking. It is who is speaking? The Holy Spirit who is speaking. And therefore, we need to take heed. Therefore, let's go back to that, con- that text we were looking at in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 to 15. Beware. Take heed. That's the, that's the trans- other translation will say. Take heed. Who should take heed? Brothers should take heed. Brethren, take heed. Brothers, not people outside the world. It is we who are inside the church. We have to take heed. Lest there be in any of you, my dear brothers, an evil heart of unbelief. You see, you don't have to search outside. You can see your evil inside. An evil heart of Unbelief. 
A heart which is made up of, <laughs> if you will, of unbelief. The composition of that heart is unbelief. Water is made of two molecules, two atoms of hydrogen and one atom of oxygen sharing the outer electron. So H2O, water is made of, of hydrogen and oxygen. Similarly, this particular heart is, this particular evil heart is made up of unbelief. And how do I know? That this is made up of what is the evidence that I have this kind of a heart is that I depart from the who? From the living God. Interesting. But exhort one another daily as it is today, lest in any of you, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Oh, interesting. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end while it is said today. Who said that? Holy Spirit said that. Okay. If it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. How many verses? 12, 13, 14, 15. Four verses. So much to learn from four verses. So if you just take uh, four verses and we learn, say so there are so many verses in the Bible, we will take all eternity, okay? So we'll just see what, what, what God is trying to say today, today here. Beware, take heed, brethren. Beware. And I want to just uh, draw your attention to, to the first and the last. Beware, take heed, how you hear. Okay? You got that? Everybody? And that's what I want to concentrate first, primarily. How do we, Diagnose if we have this evil heart of unbelief. Okay? How do we know that? Very important. This is self-check. A spiritual man judges all things and he himself is judged of no man. Amen? Let us judge ourselves today. Okay? So if you're, there is a spirit of tiredness, ask God for concentration. Alright? So beware brothers. The first thing, beware brothers. This is not for others. <laughs> it is for the brothers. Alright? It is not, this is so important because this departing in the ESV translation is, is, is rendered as falling away. And it says that in, in, in 2 Thessalonians, he says that day will not come except there be a falling away. Oh boy, people will fall away. Fall away. And therefore we need to take heed. That is the reason why we are warned in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12. Therefore let him thinks, who thinks, let him who thinks he stands, what should he do? He should beware or take heed that he does not fall. It's a very, very circumspect walk with the Lord. We need to be always conscious about this. Okay, very important. When Jesus was asked this question by his disciples, what is, when is, when is the second coming? First thing he will say, take heed. Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Take heed. Take heed. Beware brothers. Beware, beware, beware. We cannot be, uh, we cannot repeat this sufficiently. Because we have this inside of us, a flesh that gravitates towards the world. And it says in 1 John chapter 5, if I'm right, verse 9 or verse 16, I'm not sure which verse. It says the entire world is under the sway of the 
of the evil one. Galatians chapter 1 verse 4 will say, He was given up for our sins so that he can pres- he can save us from this present evil world, this present evil age, which is given over to the evil one. And deception is something which we need to be very, very careful of. And with deception, uh, and Satan does not come like a guy with uh, big horns and a long tail. No. Those days are over. We are children. I mean, whenever I see, look at dramas and how Satan is being personified, I just want to laugh. People produce huge drama, dramas and how Satan is personified in those dramas. That is not the way Satan, Satan will come as Peter. Will you recognize him? With all his good intentions. You see, take heed, therefore no one deceives you even. That is the reason why Peter Paul will say, if you receive any other gospel as the one that we have preached to you, even if we come and even if an angel comes and preaches any other gospel, let him be accursed. Therefore, be very, very careful. Take heed, take heed, brothers. Take heed. Therefore, Mark chapter 4 verse 24 will say, then he said to them, take heed what you hear. Very important. What you hear is so important with the same measure you use. It will be measured to you and to you who hear, more will be given. You understand that? Luke's gospel chapter 8 verse 18. Therefore take heed how you hear. Okay. Mark 4 will say what you hear. Luke 8 will say how you hear. The same, the same parable. Therefore, the lesson that we need to learn, take care of the source of your hearing. Very careful, judge the source, even if it is on the internet and even if it is a man of God who has been there in the ministry for so long. Be very careful how you hear, what you hear, who you hear. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, everything gets established and how many times that is mentioned? Two times at least in the New Testament. Be very careful. Take care of the source of your hearing. In other words, the question that we need to ask ourselves every time is, Who told you? Who told you? Who told you? Pastor James, no, no, no. Pastor Vijay, no, no. That is the reason why who said? Who said? Be very sure, Holy Spirit said. And that is the reason why it says in First Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, test the spirits. Test, test everything, test it. Very important to test it, whether it tallies with the word of God. We know that the threefold grid, right? The spirit of God, the word of God, and the person of Jesus. Three things. Who told you? Take care of the source of your hearing. Secondly, take care of the attitude of your hearing. Both these things are important. How you hear the word of God, very important. So what do you mean by that? Is it producing in me the desire to change? You see that? Is it producing in me the desire to change? That is how I ascertain how I hear and what I hear. Who told you? Who told you? See that? How do we know? How do I know? In James chapter 1 verse 22. You see, see that there's, there's no passive hearing in the kingdom of God. Be, be, but be doers of the word. Verse 22 onwards. But be doers. James chapter 1 verse 22 onwards. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man. Observing his natural face in a mirror. He looks at himself. Finds that he needs a shave. And he doesn't shave. That's what it means. For he observes himself, 
goes away and immediately forgets what kind of a man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law for liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the word, this is the one who will be blessed when he does, in what he does. So first thing, beware, brothers. What should I be beware of? That we don't have an evil heart of unbelief and we do what? How do I know that I have an evil heart of unbelief? I depart from the living God. From where? From the living God. So let's read this together. Read that please. He is just not God. He is living God. God means theos in the Greek. Living means zoology. Zoo. God. It is not just theology. It is living theology. Everything which has life. That is the reason why he says, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk out of the flesh but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. There is something of the life of Christ which is produced in me in increasing proportions, incrementally, over a period of time. It doesn't happen in a day until... We beholding him with unveiled faces are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory. It's a very slow process and it of course depends upon our own surrender. Therefore he is not just God. He is just, he's a living God. He's a, he's living theology. Okay. John's gospel chapter 6 verse 63. It is a spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. And therefore, it says in Hebrews chapter, sorry, uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 12 or 11, he says, we are not debtors to the flesh to live according to its desires. We are not, we are no longer debtors to the flesh. In other words, we owe the flesh nothing. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. You will die. You will die. There will be an eternal separation that takes place if you continue to live after the spirit, after the flesh. But if you by the spirit put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So it is a spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. And the words that who speaks, I speak, Jesus says to you, they are spirit and they are life. So there is something which is important. It is word of God will require from us. And Isaiah chapter 33 verse 14 is so powerful. Who are afraid? Who are afraid in, in a church? It says the sinners in Zion are afraid. Trembling has seized the hypocrites. <laughs> Why? Who can dwell in the midst of everlasting burnings? The word of God is like a fire. It's like a fire which will test every one of us. Continuously, constantly. And if there is a church where the word of God is being preached uncompromisingly, it will test each one of us and therefore... The spirits will say in the last days that people will not endure what? Sound doctrine, but will for themselves heap teachers who will itch their ears. Whatever they want, they will give. Okay. So Hebrews, it will require, it will require from us. You hear today's word, you cannot go back home the same. You get into Jordan, and you get out of Jordan a new man. That's it. Every time you come and hear, you hear the word, there's something of the transfer of, of the life of Christ which comes and impacts our hearts that there has to be a transformation even if it's incremental. He 
You get that, everybody? Otherwise, we know that we have an evil heart of unbelief. You need to understand that. Okay, so for Hebrews chapter 4 verse 11, same, same context. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. We were singing that song, I enter into your rest. Lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. This is talking about the Israelites. For the word of God is what? Is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit of joints and marrow, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So important to understand that he will discern, he will check constant judging of our own hearts every day of our lives is indispensable. Why is this important? Why is the spirit important? Why is the spirit important? Why is he so important? Very, very, it's Hebrew, I mean, John's Gospel chapter 16, this is what he, has, he says. When the spirit of God comes, which is a spirit of truth, what does he do? He convicts the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He is the one who convicts. If he is gone, there's no conviction. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. (laughs) He is the one who produces faith in us in increasing measures. So the question therefore is, how do I know that I have departed from the Lord? From the living God. Everybody knows, no? Wants to know. How do I know? How do I check? Question is, answer is simple, but we need to also look at the symptoms. We know that we have departed if he departed. Answer. The spirit has departed from me. He is sensitive. Okay. Let me prove that from scripture. We have at least two. Two examples. Judges chapter 16. This is the story of the great Samson. Verse 19 onwards. The last judge before Samuel. The last judge. Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head, which are essentially the symbol of his separation. Then she began to torment him and his strength left him. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as, out as before and at other times I will sh- and as at as Uh, As at other times, I will shake myself free. But he did not realize that who departed? The Lord departed. How do I know? Question. I know that I am in the spirit if the spirit is in me. And if the spirit is in me, there's something which... Victory, there's consistent, constant victory in my life. There could be setbacks. I'm not saying that we'll be perfect, that there'll not be any failures. There could be setbacks. There could be uh, temporary backslidings. But there is a struggle. There is a pressing on. There is a pressing on. You cannot be in the church of the living God and the spirit of God inside of you and not be able to overcome sin increasing with increasing measure in every day of your life. Increasingly you are overcoming sin. Increasingly, step by step, one day at a time. The old passions that you have, you are able to put them to death by the spirit so that the righteous requirement of the law is fulfilled inside of you. You are able to do that with increasing measure. But you will see that when you compromise little by little by little by little by little by little by little in one area, like Samson, 
You will not even realize one day that God has departed from you. So important for us. But then you'll see that Samson doesn't have a repentant heart. Even in the last. He says, Lord, let my hair grow so that I can avenge myself on my enemies. But he never says, Lord, I sinned against you. He never said that. Never. That is the last judge of Israel. And after that comes Micah. And the ten shekels of, sil- of silver and a shirt. Right? There was no king those days in Israel and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That is how the book of Judges ends. Because you have at the end of, uh, uh, of, 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 of Judges, the last judge is a guy who is completely compromised in his private life. Constant, constant, constant battling. And this is something which we need to constantly do. See, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You need to understand that. It is he who gives. That's what he says. The spirit gives what? Life. He gives life. And you love him. And you say, Lord, I'm desperate. See, when you read the word of God, how do you read it? Lord, I read it because I have to read it. Because I have to finish off today's devotion. I read it because I need to preach. So that I have a word for somebody. I read it because, you know, I am devoted to Jesus. That is also one way of reading, which is not bad. But do you read with holy desperation? Desperation. I'm desperate for you, Lord. Today, unless I hear from you, I cannot go about this day. Because he's a God who speaks. He's a living God. He's, there is a desperation inside of us. Lord, I do not know anything. These are your people, Moses will say. These are your people. Teach me your ways. Show me your path so that I can lead your people. You have to speak, Lord. You have to speak. There is a desperation when we go into the word of God. When we start searching scripture. There is a desperation. There is a willingness. There is a determination to to hear from God. There is no passive hearing. There is no passive reading. Even if it is one verse. It is not important that you go through the Bible as as, as the old proverb goes adage. right? It is not important that you go through the Bible. It is important that the Bible go through you. It's important that we that we become desperate about hearing from God. Absolutely desperate. Lord, I need to hear. I need to hear your voice. And I do not want to harden my heart. Another king who didn't realize this. First Samuel chapter 16 verse 14 onwards. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. Sad. Sad state of affairs. How he started off. You see? Not only that, this is just a first stage. Look at what it says in 1 Samuel chapter 18. This is a little more. Uh, when he progresses in disobedience. This is 1 Samuel chapter 18 verse 12. Now Saul was afraid of David. Because the Lord was with him. But had departed from Saul. You know what happens? How do I know that the Lord has, that the Spirit of the Lord has departed from me when I see a young brother or sister from, in, on fire from God? In, on fire for God? No. You're jealous. You're angry. You're envious. You, you, you'll see that. Happens in, when, 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 in, basically in some churches where, you know, suddenly young people start being, they are on fire for God and they will say, no, 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 you don't have to be so fired up. Anta vasram ledu. Anta zila vasram ledu. See? They get afraid. Therefore Saul removed from his presence, from uh, him from his presence. Therefore Saul removed him. Saul removed David from his presence. 
and made him a captain over thousand and he went out and came in before the people. Very powerful. How do I know therefore? Uh, and then, then in the next verse, verse 14 onwards, that David behaved wisely in all his ways and the Lord was with him. Therefore when Saul saw that David behaved very wisely, he was afraid of him even more. <laughs> but all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. You see that? How do I know therefore? How do I know that God has departed from me? Is there fear? Constant fear. Constant fear. Why? Because there's no willingness to change. There's, there's, look at look at what it says, and let let's uh, let's go. Let God uh, speak for Himself in Romans chapter eight, verse fifteen onwards. For you do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Now, yes, we will say you do not receive a spirit of bondage which takes you back to fear. But you receive the spirit of adoption by which you cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. There is an assurance. When the, when the spirit of God is there inside of you, when you cry out, when you repent of your sin, there is an assurance that he has taken away your sin and you are still having that relationship with God. There is a constant growing in that relationship with God. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, sound mind, self-discipline, self-control, etc. I'm able to overcome sin. I'm able to control myself. I'm able to exercise control over my passions, my anger, primarily. Anger. Anger. Very important. But for, But of power and of love and of sound mind. That is how we know. That we have departed from the living God. Let's go back to Hebrews. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Living God who speaks the living God produces living faith and the living faith produces living hope. Three things. You know that verse, right? First Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3. We know the labor of love, work of faith, patience of hope. Three things. What is that? Labor of love. You are just not laboring, but there is a love in your labor. There is a labor. The composition of your labor is love, basically. Work of faith. They are just not works. They are works produced by faith. And third thing, there's just not patience. There's a patience full of hope. Full of hope. Question. Do you have patience? Let's see. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 onwards. For God is not just to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward his name. In that you have ministered to the saints and you continue to minister. Let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. Who quoted that? Madam Hillary. Is it really remarkable that people outside (laughs) can quote scripture like that and people inside the church don't know 
Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. If you do not lose heart, God is not unjust to forget your labor, your work and labor of love which you have so shown toward his name in that you have ministered to the saints and there is a continuous ministering. And you know, there is something about the kingdom of God that there is consistency that is built in your system. Consistency. You are consistently doing it constantly every day of your life, week after week, day after day, month after month, year after year. How long will you do it? Till Jesus comes. That is the reason why it says there are three attitudes of work, work ethic. If I, if I call it divine work ethic, you know what Paul will tell Timothy? As a good soldier, as an athlete, and as a farmer. Three things. A soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. And the most difficult job to do is to do, just to be a farmer. Is to be a farmer. It's very difficult, very tough. Very tough to be a farmer. It's not easy. That is the reason why most of them come up to to the cities and and commit suicide because it's a lot of lot of hard work. It's it's real, real, consistent, constant every year, week after week, day after day, year after year. A husbandman. It says in in other in other translation, KJV uses the word husbandman. This sowing and you're patiently waiting. Okay, this is, he's talking about whom? And we desire that each one of you should show that same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. This is so important. Until the end, it is not enough that you start well. It is enough that, it is important that you finish well. You see? Many people start. That is the reason why it says in Luke's Gospel chapter 14, a guy who's, who's going for war will see if he's having sufficient strength to go for war. Otherwise, he'll make peace. Guy who wants to build a building will see if he has got sufficient resources with him to finish the building. Otherwise, we will, the people will laugh at him. He started, but he couldn't finish. And there will be so many people in Christendom who have not finished the course for which God has, uh, has ordered, uh, has, has, uh, has, uh, what, for what God uh, planned, the, planned for them in their lives because they are not patient. They are not diligent. That you do not become sluggish. You see that? Sluggish. Sluggish. Are you slugging? Are you sluggish? You're slow. But imitate those who through faith and patience. You see that? Both are going together. Inherit the promises. Who who is he talking about? He's, He's talking about Abraham. Right? He's talking about Abraham. Really? Did Abraham have patience? What does it tell me? What does it tell me? How do I know? How do I know that as there's an evil heart of unbelief? I realize one thing in my life. God is not in a hurry. He's not in a hurry. Lord, answer my prayer by the end of the week. I waited, 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 waited. Lord, how long, how long, how long? For whatever it is. <laughs> I, I like uh, Peter, right? Peter's, Jesus tells Peter, when you are young, you went wherever you want, went, wanted to go. But when you grow old, other w- people will take you to place where you do not want to go. And then immediately he looks at John and he says, what about this fellow? What it is for you if if he stays till I come? You follow me. You follow me. You see, it's so important. Why is this important? What does, why is God not in a hurry? 
And why is this spirit so important inside, inside this, in the context of what we are studying? In Romans chapter 5 verse 3. And not only that, but we glory in tribulations. Really? We glory in tribulations? That's what Paul will say. What can separate for us from the love of Christ? Can tribulations? Can persecution? Can famine? Can nakedness? Can peril? Can sword? But we were told, right? If you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things shall be added to you. What? Clothing for your body and food. But even famine can come. Even nakedness can come. And who can separate us from the life of Christ? For your sake, as it is written, that we are killed all the day long and we are regarded as sheep to the slaughter. Why? Why is that important? Why is that important? Knowing that tribulation produces what? Perseverance. Easily give up. How many of you like attitude like that? People who will easily give up. Perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. You see that? That is a hope. Now hope produced in this fashion will not disappoint us. Why? Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Wow. Isn't it? This is the reason why God is not in a hurry. 13 years he will wait till character is produced in, in, in Joseph. And when did the breakthrough come? When did the breakthrough come? When Joseph went and saw that people are downcast and he was joyful. He was concerned about other people. That is the time when breakthrough came. That is the time when character was complete. God is after godly character and therefore he's going to take a lot of time for all of us. He gives us grace and he also gives us an office. That is the reason why he has pre- those whom he foreknew, he predestined them to be conformed to the image of his son. Those whom he has predestined, he has called. Those whom he has called, he has justified. Those whom he has justified, he has glorified. But how does it, the process from justification to glorification, how does it take place? How long does it take place? Transformed from glory to glory to the same image. It's a daily process till the character of Jesus is formed inside of us. And how do I know? I'm patient. Boy, that is the reason why delay in Christians. You need to understand. God is not in a hurry. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You need to understand this is the characteristic of a saint. He is not in a hurry. He is not in a hurry. It does not mean that he does not plan. It does not mean that he is laid back. No, 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 no. He is consistently constant in everything that he is doing but yet he does not move ahead of God. That's what it means. Everything. I love what Sundar Krishnan said. I like the I like the blessing of obscurity. Nobody should know in this world who, what, have, what I have done for Lord. Let me be obscure Lord. But you know what? He never sought for obscurity, but everybody in the whole world knows him now. Remarkable. Don't, they, they, don't have to run after anything. Wait patiently for the Lord. I waited patiently for the Lord and he heard my cry. He took me out of the Myri clear and he set me upon the rock. He put my, he set my feet upon the rock so that I could praise him. You see, patience, patience, because that is what godly character is all about. You need to understand the reason why you have three times the epistle of, uh, sorry, the, the, the parable of the sower is mentioned, right? 
In Mark's gospel and Matthew's gospel, it says that is on the good soil produce 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. That is what is mentioned in Matthew's gospel and Mark's gospel. But you know what is mentioned in Luke's gospel? Only 100-fold is mentioned. That is the purpose of God. The purpose of God is 100. Not even 30, not even 60. That is God's purpose. Purpose of God is 100, but who is the one who is getting the 100-fold harvest? They say It says it is one who endures with patience. Patience. God is not in a hurry. The question therefore is, am I in a hurry? You need to understand this is so important. Why? It is impatience with the leadership that caused Israel to fall. Moses gives them as they all come to the Mount Sinai and they hear this thundering voice. Then they say, Baba Moses, you go. We will stand here. You come and speak. You know what happens? He goes and he stays for 40 days and 40 nights into the, in 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 the top of the mountain. And they grow so impatient with the leadership and they said, Aaron, make us calves. We do not know what happened to this Moses. They fall. It's impatience with leadership. It's impatience. How long should I tolerate, uh, to be under this leader? Can you imagine? It's amazing, right? I, I, that is the reason why the first characteristic of an overcome, he is a guy who endures tough leadership. That is the reason why Caleb and Joshua are overcomers. You know why? They lost 40 years of their life because of Moses. That's what God said. I will wipe out these people. You, Joshua, Caleb, go and inherit. <laughs> you know what he says? No, Lord. Caleb and Joshua would have looked at Moses and said, you said no? 40 years of their life, they submitted to leadership. There was no impatience. And it says Caleb, when he comes to that mountain, he says, when I was 40 years old, when I'm 80 years old, I've got the same strength. Let me give me the mountains, I'll go and possess it. Patience. Characters produce that. It's impatience that led, 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 Saul to, led, led to Saul's downfall. It is impatience. It's impatience. He was the most impatient fellow. Samuel didn't come. Everything is going in disarray. Let me go and offer a sacrifice. That's what happens. Everything. That's what God does. You know, He tests you at that point, pushes you into a desperate position and we'll see whether you, this fellow is patient or not. How will you act? Have I become impatient? The impatience of Abraham and Sarah produced an Ishmael. <laughs> and we are regretting it to thousands of generations now. <laughs> One Ishmael. Thousands of generations. You see? It's impatience. Oh, I'm getting old. You go. And have a fulfill God's promise through Hagar. It's impatience. It's the impatience of Jacob that caused him to lose 20 years of his life fleeing from his brother. How? Why was he impatient? He wanted to get the promise. So what did he do? He took his mother's suggestion and he goes there. I got the food, Papa. How come you succeeded so quickly? Question. That is the question. How come you succeeded so quickly? The Lord gave it to me. <laughs> you know that? It happens during Visa Day. What day? Visa Day. What had happened? Get all the documents, false document. Go to the embassy, stamp 
they come and testify on the church the lord gave me visa <laughs> it happens shortcuts no patience you see it's impatience with the leadership it's impatience with leadership that is Saul's downfall basically you will see that he was the most impatient fellow never he was a wild donkey of a man he never allowed patience to be instilled in his life but you will see the contrast in david for 13 14 years of the of his life is running away from saul but he will never lay his hands on god's anointed I will not take vengeance into my hands and one day he just cuts the hem of his garment and he will say oh my conscience is smiting me my conscience is smiting me his impatience with leadership question today One way to gauge whether our heart is hard or soft, one of the things is patience. It's for all of us, I'm sure. It is for all of us. We want results quickly. We look for the guy who can do it, right? Who can get things done. He's the guy who can get things done. (laughs) God says, I'm not looking for the guy who gets things done. I'm looking for a guy who will obey me even if it takes a lot of time for things to be done. Who will obey me? Who will be slow? Don't push. Don't rush. Don't do anything. Don't say the Lord told me. The Lord told me. So why why are you coming and asking us anymore? The Lord told me. Wait. Wait. Wait upon the Lord. This is something which in our generation we have to learn because we are looking, we are living in a generation which is so instant. Instant. Let's go back to that verse in Hebrews chapter 3. What we looked at today. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. To the end. It's a long obedience in a single direction. Beware, brethren. This is how I test myself today. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart. So what do I do today? If you hear his voice today, what do you do? That's something which you should be impatient about. Today, don't procrastinate. Today I heard, I change. Lord, I confess. Even repentance is a gift from God. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 27. With patience, that's what Timothy will say. With patience, teach those people who oppose you. If perhaps the Lord may, might grant them in, grant them repentance. Meaning, preach over and over and over. You, you preach one day, you don't see any change. Lord, one year over, Lord, no change. Next year, two years over, Lord, no change. Three years over, Lord, over and over and over and over again. Keep on doing it. Keep on, keep on doing it. And one day you will see. If we hold fast, the beginning of our confidence, steadfast to the end. It is not how you finish. Oh, sorry, how you begin. It is how you finish. And that is how we can do. You can all finish like Jacob. He learned patience after that. He learned patience. Patient till the last day of his life. Patient with his children. Patient with, hopefully, his wives too. But then, Rachel didn't give him much time. You see? All things in our lives, you need to understand, all things work together for good, for those who love God, and who are the called according to His purpose. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Therefore, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can tribulation? 
Can persecution? Can famine? Can nakedness? Can want? If you have want, will you stop serving God? Is a question. If there is opposition, will you stop serving God? For this you are called. For all day you have been considered as sheep to be slaughtered. You've been killed all day long. But Paul has the audacity, if I will, if you will, to say, you know what? Who can separate me from the love of Christ? Who can separate me from the love of Christ? Can, can tribulation? Can famine? Can distress? For all day, for all day, I've been killed. But you know what? I know, I'm sure, I'm sure neither death nor life, neither, neither angels nor rulers, neither things to come, neither things present, nor powers, nor anything in all creation can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Finished. Over. Period. He ends Romans chapter 8. Can separate me from the love of God. I, in fact, I delight in tribulations. I delight. This is what you're saying, Paul. Are you saying that God is going to take you away from tribulations and persecution? No, it's 39, 39 times I got. Several times, not just once. But I endured it till the end. That is the reason why he tells Timothy, I fought the good fight. I have run the race. I have kept my faith until the end. Now is waiting for me a crown of what? Of righteousness. Who will give me? The God, the righteous judge will give me on that day. And not only me, but all those who love his appearing. So will you endure till the end? Will you endure? Otherwise, this is exactly what happened to Israel. The most impatient, the day they went from the Red Sea to the waters of Mara, will God do? 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 Impatient with leadership, impatient with God. And one day God said, enough. None of these people of this evil, wicked generation will enter into my rest. And I swear in my wrath that they will not enter into God's rest. You know why? Because they were impatient. And never allowed the character of God to be formed in their, into their lives. But thank God there was another generation. Thank God there is another generation. Thank God there is another generation inside, even inside in, in, in this church. There is another generation who will say, Lord, even if our forefathers have messed it up, but we will not. We will not judge them, Lord. We will not judge them. But we will go into the promised land. We will endure. We will finish our race. Until the end. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. Therefore, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion. You'll see that. One of the hallmarks of people who have an evil heart of unbelief is they are rebels. They are contentious. They will never submit to authority. Amen. Shall we pray this evening? Shall we judge our hearts in the light of what we have heard? Father, Speak. You spoke to us, O oh Lord. I believe you spoke to every one of us. Impatience, O oh Lord. So many of us struggle with that. We're impatient with you. Forgive us our unbelief. Forgive us our unbelief. You said, O oh Lord, all things are possible for those who believe. And Lord, we say, we believe, O oh Lord, but forgive us our unbelief. If you have shortened your hand in our lives because of our unbelief, an evil heart of unbelief, the word which could not be profited in our life because we could not mix it with faith, 
unbelief. That God can do something else, something for somebody else, but not for me. But you said in your word that you are no respecter of persons. Lord, give us grace this evening to believe, O Lord Father. To believe, to believe. And let us not be like those disciples, O Lord, when the, when the, when the teaching gets tough. They said, who can obey this? Who can bear this? Who can bear this? This is a hard teaching. And many from that day onwards stopped following you and departed from you. And you said to the twelve, will you also go away? And Peter said, Lord, where shall we go? You alone have the words of life. Lord, we want to cling to you. Cling to you, O Lord Jesus. Father, let us not be wise in our own eyes. Let us depart from evil and fear the Lord and depart from evil. Let us not be wise in our own conceits. Let us hold fast to that which is good and hate that which is evil. Abhor that which is good, that which is evil and cling to that which is good. Oh Father, enable us to cling to it, O Lord. Even if it seems absolutely ridiculous to cling, but Lord, we want to, we just want to cleave to it, O Lord. We want to cleave to you. You don't, we don't have anywhere else to go. You alone have the words of life. Grant us patience to that and we pray. Thank you, Father, for this evening, O Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Enable us not to harden our hearts. Enable us to be sensitive to the voice of the Spirit and change the course of our lives. Give us grace to change, we pray. Grant us repentance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.